I think one thing that I have to say is that you don't need to feel guilty about narrowing down your guest list at all. I personally didn't want people there who didn't know me, who didn't know Cody, who'd never had a conversation with us. And this came with a little bit of pushback from our parents of like, well, what about these people? What about these people? So we bent with a few guests, but for the most part, we didn't have anybody there that we didn't know. And 98% of our guests were family and 2% were friends. So we kept it really close knit. The people that know us, the people that love us, the people that we have community with, the people that we have conversations with on a regular basis. I think it can get really out of hand and weddings are very costly. So narrowing down your guest list and having it be as big or as intimate as you want is just what you need to do. Welcome to She Empowers the Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Kayla Lucas. I'm a mom of two, a family-focused chiropractor, a trailblazing entrepreneur, and a holistic mindset queen. I am on a mission to empower women to lead themselves and their families to greater health and wellness in their personal lives and businesses. Each week, I'm sharing inspiring content that will give you the tools to navigate your own wellness journey, grow your businesses, expand your mind, and take care of the ones you love. This is your space to feel supported, inspired, and empowered. Let's get into it. Hello, beautiful. Welcome back to another episode of She Empowers the Podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you for joining me again today. I'm super excited, you guys. I'm officially married. I'm doing a little episode on a wedding recap on some things that I regret, on some things that were like the best decisions that we made and lessons learned throughout the whole process. So if you're listening to this in real time, this episode is going to air end of July and I got married beginning of July. So I'm coming off of our honeymoon. I'm about to go back to work and I wanted to record the episode while everything is fresh and new in my mind. So our wedding day was incredible. I really have very few regrets of the entire day. I think that the biggest thing that I would say is that we had a two-year-long engagement. And the reason we had a two-year-long engagement was because I was making a decision based on my business of like, we'll be more established, things will be in a better place, as well as personally, because our anniversary actually is July 1st and our wedding day was July 1st. So on our wedding day, it had been seven years together and I had chosen that date in 2023 because it landed on a Saturday and it was just super personal and super special for us to get married that day. But having a two-year long engagement was not ideal. It actually brought more stress. So for anybody who is looking to get married, my first piece of advice would just be have a shorter engagement if you can. I know this depends on vendors and location you know, the day or the time of the year that you want to get married. But having a longer engagement really increased the stress of planning the wedding in my life. And one thing about my personality is I'm meticulous. I don't want to do things half-fast. So I was talking and planning wedding stuff for the last two years. And that definitely contributed to my level of stress because planning a wedding, it is not a very simple thing in my opinion. I definitely was the person who was like, 
I love being a chiropractor. I love recording podcasts. I love doing mom things, but wedding planning was not a big love of mine. And so I got a little bit resentful towards the end, especially the last few months. I was like, I can't wait for this to be over. It's going to feel so good to have the mental headspace back. So if you don't have to have a long engagement, I don't recommend it because it's definitely going to increase your level of mental space, you're going to use it up, you need to be required for more things, considerate of more things, planning more things. So that would probably be the only major regret that I had from the entire wedding planning was just having a longer engagement and planning for so long. The other thing was, I personally really wanted to get married outside because we had chosen to not get married in a church because we just felt like being outdoors That was our connection to source and that was our connection to God. I love the outdoors. I love the feeling it gives me. And so having an outdoor ceremony seemed like a super good idea. And I don't regret that, but we happen to have the hottest day of summer and our ceremony was at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. So you can imagine if you were there, you know that we were sweating. If you were not there, we were sweating. I felt so bad for my groom as I looked at him. He was sweating so badly on his face as we were like doing our our ceremony vows and doing the whole process of getting married and it was so hot outside. So that would be maybe one thing that I would regret is just how hot it was and you there's no way of knowing what the weather is going to be like, right? It could have rained all day, which would have been equally as bad or maybe not equally as bad. I think the sunlight was amazing. But one thing that we did a couple days before our wedding was we looked through our ceremony with our officiant and we timed it out to know how long from start to finish it was going to be. And we actually cut out probably 10 to 15 minutes of stuff because we were like, we're not going to be able to handle the heat standing there and our guests are not going to be able to handle the heat. So if you're getting married in a church, you don't necessarily need to worry so much about that. If you're getting married outside, obviously you're just going to have to play with a little bit of service surrender in terms of letting the day happen the way that it's supposed to happen. So a couple things that we did that I thought were really phenomenal in terms of like great decisions that we made. I'm going to list them off. There's quite a few. So the best decision that we made when we started looking for venues, we looked at places like hotels and we looked at, you know, isolated venues and we looked at various points around the city and outside of the city. And we couldn't find anything that gave us a lot of freedom and flexibility on how to make it our own. A lot of the places that we're surrounded by, you're not allowed to bring in, you know, your own decor, your own cake, like they supply your makeup artists there. They give you the venue from this time to this time, and then you have to be out. So I wasn't content with that because I knew that there was going to be setting up and taking down that needed to happen. And I didn't want to be at my venue until 3am doing that, nor did I want my guests to do that. So we rented a space that was actually closer to our home that gave us freedom and the flexibility to make it our own. And we did it in our own hometown. So not only was it cheaper, we rented it from Friday, we got it at 5pm and we had it till Sunday at 2pm. So if you have the ability to have a space that lets you do what you need to do. It requires more planning on your part, but it's just your own way of doing it. You can bring in whatever vendors you want. You can bring in whatever food, whatever decor, whatever DJ, whatever you want to have it be, you can make it your own. 
So that was one of the best decisions we made early on. The other vendors that we worked with were all amazing. We had a photographer, videographer, hands down, that was the first person, that was the first vendor that I hired was a photographer and videographer because I wanted to have documentation of the day. I think that's one of the only things besides your memories. It's the photos you have. It's the videos you have after the day is over. And so for myself, I was willing to invest in that for Cody and I because I really wanted to remember the day. We also worked with caterer, a DJ, someone for transportation, a decor company, hair and makeup, a florist, person to make a cake, donuts, and then food before the wedding. I think that's mostly who our vendors were. The second thing that I would definitely recommend doing if you don't if you don't have the ability to hire a wedding planner, I said I had a two-year engagement. Now, to hire a wedding planner is a substantial investment. And if you can do it, I say do it. Hindsight being 2020, I wish I almost would have done that because I feel like it would have saved me a lot of stress, a lot of sleepless nights, and just in general, like overwhelm, that sensation of overwhelm on top of all the things that I had going on in my life. So we decided not to hire a like full wedding planner because of the cost, but we hired a day of coordinator. And this was a non-negotiable for me because once I started to get into all of the vendors and planning everything, you know, Cody was the person who was like, I was running stuff by of like, I contacted this person. This is what they quoted me. Here's what I think we should do. He was kind of in the, you know, passenger seat and letting me drive the whole thing. But he was also like, is this necessary? And from my standpoint, as the bride who was planning everything, I was like, 100%, I'm not even going to take no for an answer. I'm getting a day of coordinator because I didn't want to feel stressed out during the day. I just wanted to enjoy the day. So we hired a day of coordinator and she helped with so many things. She helped with coordinating all of the other vendors. She coordinated the actual decor, what time setup and takedown was going to happen, where I could find everything, what was going to happen the day of in terms of the ceremony, from the ceremony to the reception, what we were doing for photos. So she was phenomenal. I met with her a few times. She helped kind of redefine the decor, what we were doing for that. And then she kind of got into the day of coordinating. So Highly recommend doing that if you don't have the budget for a full wedding planner. Day of coordinator, next best thing, hands down, would do it again that way. Another thing that I would suggest doing before the day is to taste your wedding food prior to the actual wedding day. So I know this is not always an option with caterers. It was awesome that it was an option for our caterer. And it also just gave me peace of mind that if we're investing in good food, I wanted to know what it was going to taste like. And I wanted to get a feeling of what we were going to be eating on our wedding day. Our caterer also was able to deliver, you know, the vision we had in terms of planning our wedding meal. So I think this is something that if it's an option, do it so that you know what you're going to be getting on your wedding day and definitely eat your food on the wedding day. Eat your dinner. So many brides have told me like, oh, I just didn't have time. I didn't get around to it. I didn't get to see anything. I didn't get to try anything. Like sit down and physically eat your food. You've been going so hard all day. One thing that people have said is the day just goes so fast. It goes so fast. So sit and eat the food that you've been wanting to, you know, deliver to your guests, but also just enjoy yourself on your actual day. One thing that we kept hearing from people was that, 
when you are, you know, going through the role of your wedding, you're the day of, you're hungry and people forget to eat. So we asked one of our lovely friends, a co, you know, a business owner that works in the city to provide beautiful individualized charcuterie boxes to have on the go, which was such a phenomenal thing because instead of having a sit down meal where you need to be physically sitting, we could eat these on the go in between photos, in between the ceremony. If someone got hungry, they could have a little snack and then they could put it away. So that was what we did for day of food. I highly recommend having something for the morning of and in the middle of the day because since the day goes so fast and you are so busy, you don't really notice your hunger and then you go to eat something and you realize you're completely famished, which is not a good vibe for anybody. I don't know about you, but I can get I can give off hangry vibes pretty easily. So it was important for me and our kids. I was like, if we if we don't feed them, they're not going to make it the, the whole day. We can't expect that of them. So having something in place that you can take with you on the go was probably one of the best decisions that we made to have on our wedding day. Okay, one thing that brides that I went back and forth with was saving our first look for before the ceremony versus seeing each other at the ceremony. And so my groom and I, we had talked about our vows and it was really important to me that we were going to share personalized vows versus vows that were archaic and or just generic. And so for us, we decided to have our first look before the ceremony, exchange our personal vows, just the two of us. And then at our wedding ceremony, we had some vows that we had curated and put together with our officiant that were a little bit more personalized for our family and friends to witness. But the really personal stuff we just shared with the two of us. And I felt like because the day was so hot, I feel like it calmed my nerves because prior to seeing my groom, I was starting to feel really nervous. And then you start to sweat more and you start to worry a little bit more. So we saved our first look for that initial moment. And it was such a beautiful moment. I felt so overjoyed that we did it that way because I felt really nervous right before. And then once we seen each other, exchanged our vows and really just like had that moment together, I felt super calm going into the rest of the day and the rest of the ceremony. It was just all that amp up before. Now, I know this is more of a personalized practice for people. Decide to do whatever you feel good with. If seeing your groom or him seeing you on the day of at the ceremony when you have your ceremony is more important, then do that. I went back and forth. But I do think that you know yourself best, so choose to opt into whatever option feels the best for you. For us, we just really appreciated seeing each other before to calm our nerves, to have that special moment, and then really kind of flow into the next part of the day. So because we saved our first look for before the ceremony, one thing that I really wanted to do for myself and the kids and Cody was to get photos done before because I knew that there was going to be a small window of time where we were already done, we were all ready to go, and I didn't want to make my my kids, my young children wait till after the ceremony when maybe they were a little bit more tired. So we got our family photos done and a few with our bridal party after our first look, but before the ceremony. I recommend this and this was actually my groom's idea because one thing that he said was I don't want to have the ceremony and then have like four hours in between where we're getting photos done where we could go be mingling with our guests instead so this is why we did it this way because we know that on your wedding day we did want to have you know adequate coverage of photo and video 
that was documenting the day, but it takes time. So we decided to do it that way in order to free up time later so that after the ceremony, we just need to do quick family photos, a few of us, and then we got back on our transportation bus, enjoyed a little bit of time with our bridal party before we got to our reception to mingle with our guests. So I highly recommend that if you can split up your photography time, if that's an option with your photographer, it does give you a little bit I don't know, just like less pressure to be standing in front of a photo or a video for hours, right? You can get tired, your bridal party gets tired, your family gets tired. So split this up if you can, because it really made the day feel a little bit more seamless and a lot more easy. So I talked a little bit about the ceremony being hot and not in a church, and that was just our own personal reasons. But one thing that I highly recommend doing is personalizing your wedding day in some form. And we personalized it starting with our ceremony. So my auntie actually did a reading um, from 1 Corinthians at the ceremony outside. And then my cousin actually sang a song as I entered versus just the DJ. So if you don't have somebody who can do this for you, that's okay. This is just an example of me giving you something for you to personalize the day. We also did a sand ceremony with myself, Cody, and our kids to signify our union as a family because our family started before our wedding day was there. So it was really important for us to personalize in some capacity the day. And even with our decor at the reception, we had photos of ourselves and we had things that were more personal. My mom and dad gave me their bride and their groom, you know, chalices that we used to drink out of at our wedding dinner. So just really little special things go a long way. You don't have to personalize it, but because it's your wedding day, it's definitely worth putting a little bit of effort and energy into to make it feel like it's this beautiful, special day, something that needs to be celebrated. I think that was the best thing in my opinion was having the day and our love be celebrated because our love really sustained an amazing journey of like meeting, falling in love, finding out you're pregnant. Okay, we're going to have a kid. We're going to buy a house. Now I'm going to open a business. Oh, whoops, we're going to have another baby. And then the pandemic hit the world. We survived that. So when you get to your wedding day, in whatever measure the relationship was, have it be something personal and special and meaningful to you because it's it's about you. It's it's about your love. It's about celebrating that. And you may be a person where you don't necessarily love all of the attention on you. And oftentimes weddings can bring a lot of stress. But when you actually get to the day, you're never going to regret having a personalized portion of it that is strictly for you and your groom or your family or the acknowledgement of that relationship. So a few lessons learned. So before the day came, my groom told me that there was going to be one thing that goes wrong and that he didn't want it to ruin my day because he knew how much time and energy and effort I put into planning it and curating it and making it all actually come together. So he told me this a few days before the wedding. He was like, listen, you know what? Something's going to go wrong on the day and you're not going to let it ruin your day. You're just going to blow past it and we're just going to keep going. And that's what we're doing. And in my brain, I was like, nothing is going to go wrong because I've been so, you know, into over communicating with my vendors and making sure everybody's on the same page. 
But that wasn't enough. (laughs) And one big thing that happened was the donut company we had hired when we got to the reception, our day of coordinator was like, hey, by the way, the donuts have not been dropped off. Do you know where they are? So that was a little bit of a stressful moment because I was like, oh my gosh, like my guests are going to have no desserts. And then you start thinking about all these things that actually don't matter. And so when we had reached out to the donut company, they were like so apologetic. They were like, we cannot believe we messed this up. We didn't make the donuts. So sorry. So we didn't have dessert on wedding day. It just happenstantially that my mother-in-law, her mom, so our baba, she made all of these dainties for midnight lunch. So instead of, which I didn't even really know about, but instead of putting out our donuts, we put out all these dainties that Baba had made. So everything works out. Initially, I was extremely like frustrated because I had done so well with the communication point in regards to the donuts being dropped off and delivered and all of this stuff. But instead of me, you know, getting so upset about it, it was like, well, it's what's done is done. And all I can do is enjoy the rest of the day and be super appreciative that my baba also just like made a bunch of dainties for us because she loves us. So everything works out. But I think that one thing that you can do if you're preparing for a wedding or you're thinking about getting married, you need to over communicate with your vendors and you don't need to feel bad or stupid about it. It's literally better to over communicate than it is to under communicate. You won't regret ever going back to your photographer and being like, hey, did we talk about this? Or going to your DJ and being like, hey, what about this? It's very, very good for that in that regard. They appreciate it and you will appreciate knowing that you went through all of the roles in order to make the day what it is. I think one thing that I have to say is that you don't need to feel guilty about narrowing down your guest list at all. I personally didn't want people there who didn't know me, who didn't know Cody, who'd never had a conversation with us. And this came with a little bit of pushback from our parents of like, well, what about these people? What about these people? So we bent with a few guests, but for the most part, we didn't have anybody there that we didn't know. And 98% of our guests were family and 2% were friends. So we kept it really close knit. The people that know us, the people that love us, the people that we have community with, the people that we have conversations with on a regular basis. I think it can get really out of hand and weddings are very costly. So narrowing down your guest list and having it be as big or as intimate as you want is just what you need to do and disregard any opinions that are outside of that because unless you are getting your wedding fully paid by somebody else, then you get to make the decisions. I think that kind of goes into the next thing of have a budget. When we originally started talking about the wedding, we had a budget in mind. And what I've gathered from this whole experience is that you need to kind of add on 20 to 30% more on that budget. I know that's probably going to make you like mm, a little bit, but it's the truth. The cost of things, obviously with inflation, that's been, you know, ongoing. But I think just the general cost of weddings is quite high. Maybe not if you're in more of a rural community versus a urban or more populated community. Where we are, it's kind of 50-50. Like there's a lot of rural around us, but we are a part of a major city. And so the cost of the wedding stuff was more than I anticipated it would be. All the way from alterations to getting your hair done, to the cost of food, to the cost of decor, to the cost of a DJ, all of it. So it all adds up. And I think one thing that I would say in order for you to avoid stress 
have really open conversations with the person that you're paying with the like paying the wedding with like if you are paying it with your spouse if you guys are both contributing if you have savings whatever that looks like if you have some money coming from other people have conversations very regularly on the cost of stuff otherwise it just feels like it's this big elephant in the room and it can be a source of stress for couples before even getting married so it was my rule with Cody I was like listen I'm not fighting with you over money before this wedding happens. Like, I actually don't want to fight with you over money in any part of our relationship. So we just needed to have really open and clear communication and realistic expectations of the cost of things and also be willing to compromise of this didn't need to be a part of it. Is it going to make or break the day? No. Do I want this to be a part of it? Yes, but maybe it's not the best option. So those conversations just need to happen on a very regular, consistent basis in order for both parties to avoid resentment and guilt and shame and anger. I'll just say that. I think one investment that was worth it was having a videographer because this is going to be personalized to us. So our wedding video has not been released yet, but I know it's going to be amazing because they did our um, engagement photos and our engagement video, which was just beautiful. So like I said before, this is the only part of your day that you get to have after. You get the memories, you know, you get the you know, the moments that you've shared, but the video and the photography is the only thing that you have to physically hold on to. And so I think that it was a worthy investment. I'm really excited to see the finished product of it, but it is going to feel more personalized and like you can revisit the day a little bit more easily because you've hired that out. I think one last thing that I want to leave you with in terms of lessons learned from planning a wedding for two years I can't believe I did that. Seriously. Um, Accept help. You know, it was really important to me that I didn't want my guests to be doing any of the setup or the takedown. If that's what you choose to do, no judgment. This is just what I wanted. And so I really didn't want to inconvenience anybody. And I kept hearing that in my brain of like, no, you don't want to inconvenience anybody. You don't want anybody to feel like they have to do something. But my mother-in-law, bless her heart, she was a rock star. She wanted to do our whole midnight lunch. And I remember having a conversation with her like a few weeks before the wedding. I was like, listen, I don't I don't want you to do this. This is way too much work. This is going to be so costly. You're feeding this many people. She wanted to make all of the buns. And she was like, well, do you want to say no? And I'm like, no, I don't want to say no to you. And she's like, then just accept the help. And so it was a really humbling moment for me because you see this person and you, you know, she, she loves us and she wants the best for us, but she doesn't, she doesn't want us to spend any more money. And she wants to contribute to something to the wedding to make it beautiful and personalized. And so we let her do it. And it was amazing. And I'm super grateful for that. But accept the help that people are wanting to give you. You know, with a lot of wedding planning, even things like a bachelorette party or a bridal shower, it seems like a lot of, you know, interest and attention on you. And at first, I didn't want, I didn't really want either. I didn't want to inconvenience my bridesmaids or ask them to plan something for me or make it a big thing. But it's a big moment in your life. And so just embrace the love and the support and all of the goodness that your people want to give you. Because if I flipped the script and I was like talking about a girlfriend or a friend or a cousin or someone I love, a woman that I love, and she was getting married, I would be like, yes, I'm so excited to, you know, love on her and show her support. And I'm so happy she found her person. I'm so excited for her to marry her person. Like this, it goes the same way. So 
embrace the love and enjoy the moments because it's not going to happen again, or at least that's the plan, right? We're not planning to get married more than once, but these little things that kind of add up to the whole of the day, your bridal party, however you want to be celebrated, really just comes down to you getting comfortable with feeling loved on. And I think this was a big thing for myself was I felt super emotional at the bridal shower. I wasn't crying or anything, but I just couldn't believe that so many incredible women gathered for me. Same with my my stagette or my bachelorette party. I just felt so special. And so this is a time for you to feel special. This this whole thing is about you and your love and your your desire to commit yourself to somebody for the rest of your life. So it's a beautiful thing. So embrace those people, embrace the help you get. All in all, the wedding day was amazing. I have been scrolling through the photos on my phone that I currently have of it and just feel so much love in my heart for it and how it all went and the time it took and the stress that was involved and the stress being worth it. Because I think there's points in our lives where we have big things going on. We're making big moves. We're planning big events. We're doing things that require a lot of attention and intention. And overall, I'm super happy with the effort I put in. The stress was worth it hands down. I will say that the honeymoon was just as good as the actual wedding, if not better, just getting to share that one-on-one time with my groom and getting to decompress from a pretty intensive last few months before everything happened. So it was amazing. And I wanted to share it with you today and maybe give some practical, you know, little takeaways from everything that I learned in the process. I certainly don't think that wedding planning is easy or is, you know, going to be loved by everybody but do it in the way that feels really good to you. And if you are, you know, on the other side of that and you are helping a girlfriend, I would say if anything, just reach out to her every so often, ask her how she's doing, ask her if she needs help with anything, because that literally just goes so so far in terms of like being seen and being heard. All of my bridesmaids reached out to me multiple times of, how are you doing? How's everything going? Are you feeling ready? What do you need help with? And it was just this sensation of feeling so supported. So if you're not, if you're already married, if you're not a bride-to-be, definitely help those brides-to-be because it was a, it was a pretty intense, you know, two years. Anyway, I love you all. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned for more content in August. I have some amazing guests who are going to be on the show and I can't wait to share them all with you. And I can't wait to just keep unpacking more of this beautiful podcast. So go make it an amazing week and have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening the whole way through on She Empowers the Podcast. Make sure to subscribe anywhere you are listening to podcasts. And if you happen to have iTunes, would you do me a favor and leave a five-star review of the show so more women can learn about what we are doing over here. You can also copy this link and share it on your social media and tag me at sheempowers.co. That is the way we get these beautiful messages out to more and more souls around the world. Thank you so much for being a part of the She Empowers community. Until next time, go lead with love and joy.